Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Guys, I know this week's episode is about trades and all, but I mean, just so we're on the same page here. I wouldn't trade either of you guys for Yanni Hockenpah. Shut up, Matt. Matt. Yes, sir. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. Very happy to be back with you guys again. Joining me is Matt and Alex, as always, um, or as usual, anyway. I guess all three of us aren't on here every week, so I maybe shouldn't say that every week, should I? But, uh, whatever. Tonight is going to be a pretty fun episode. We are just going to talk trades. We have asked for you guys to send us your best trade proposals, your worst trade proposals, your craziest, whatever trade proposal comes to your mind. We have asked you to send those in. We're going to go through those, and we're going to give you some of our own maybe semi-legitimate trade options um one of which has popped up this week that i think is very interesting it's other news too first of all we have news yeah we do have a little news to announce i guess um we are now officially a part of the hockey podcast network which means we get some money yay yeah yeah. um and you know that's that's good for everybody because now in the future um we have a lot of stuff planned for you guys this summer and some of it probably will cost some money at some point um thinking about maybe doing some tailgating next year and stuff like that so this will just help to make these sorts of things easier um but on that note we do have a word from our sponsor to get us started the third round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is it is free to play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN 
for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Boom. <laughs> Alternate title for Tracking the Storm podcast sells out. <laughs> That's not, we, we can't make that the title. No, come on, come on. I think I, I think I think this is deserved for us. If, if I had to, if I had to pinpoint one thing that I think got us to this spot, definitely got to be Matt's intros, right? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They heard that and they were they were like sold. Call yeah, them like, up. That's it. Get them under contract. He's the right moneymaker here. That's right. Uh, yeah. Um. In all seriousness, though, I mean, uh, we we have to thank everybody who has listened so far whether you've listened once or you come back every week like it's really cool uh seeing all the support and seeing people who actually look forward to these episodes every week um so thank you guys we're excited to bring you some pretty cool stuff um not only just in the coming weeks but throughout the entire off season um so yeah thank you guys yeah no doubt so before we dive into everybody's trade proposals um there are three players i guess we want to start with um, the first two we'll start with are Hurricanes, and um, this piece of news I think just dropped today or within the last couple of days, and that's about Warren Fogle. Um, reports are he is looking for a a pay raise and b a bigger role, and it doesn't sound like the Hurricanes are really willing to give him that. Can't really fault them. Um, so, what you guys' take here? How do you see the Warren Fogle situation playing out? So yeah, I think it was Frank Saravalli um that wrote about it today and while he didn't expressly say that the canes were shopping warren fogel kind of implied honestly i wouldn't be surprised if they were um even if it wasn't necessarily implied um because he he's valuable in a third line role you're not going to get like a ton of goal scoring for him but he's going to draw those penalties he's going to be a pain to play against but like the amount of money he's making right now is about the same amount of money he should be making. Um, any, any more than that, I, I just wouldn't give to Warren Fogle. Um, which is why I honestly think that he might be an underrated, um, and I've said this before, but like he might be an underrated choice for Seattle in expansion. Yeah. If they don't want to take on, you know, Jake Gardner, Brady Shea's kind of like Albatross contracts, why not? Take a shot on Warren Fogle, who's pretty much guaranteed to be on in your top nine next year, regardless of who else you pick. Right. That was a thing that came to my mind as well. Yeah, we know Ron Francis is a fan of the player, right? He drafted him back in 2014. Always spoke highly of him um, when he was in Carolina. That's the thing. I agree with Matt here. I don't really think I could justify giving Warren Fogle a raise. I think he's making, what, $2.15 million right now. arbitration eligible correct me if I'm wrong but I'm not sure he has a much of a case there either as as to you know uh, that he's earned a raise uh, his production has kind of been in a, a linear progression ever since he came into the NHL um, and you know as far as giving him a bigger role I just I think with Warren Fogle he kind of just is what he is I'm not really sure that he would really blossom if you ever put him in your top six or gave him elevated minutes or use him in a power play role. I just think with the kind of player he is, his hockey sense isn't really up to snuff with that of a top six forward and his feet move faster than his hands do. I just, I'm not sure he's ever going to be more than a 15, maybe 15 goal, 30 point guy. We can obviously play in a, in a checking role, kill penalties for you, provide some energy, but 
Um, you know, with the Hurricanes' depth in their in their prospect system, I don't really think keeping Fogel is essential. I I don't want to necessarily say that they can easily replace him because he is a good player, and I do think some of the Haiti gets is a little unjustified. But I definitely think that taking a kid like Morgan Geeky and putting him in that role, you can probably get some similar production, maybe a bit different kind of a player, but. Overall, I don't think you're going to be taking much of a step back. And like I said, you'll be doing it at a cheaper rate. So I definitely think it makes sense for both sides. Maybe to, you know, a change of, change of scenery for Fogel could be good where he goes to another situation that likes him and values him a lot. Uh, be a key piece of a group there. Maybe make a little more money than the Hurricanes would pay him. And, you know, the Hurricanes have internal options that make sense to put into his current spot in the lineup. So I, I think a divorce might be good for both sides. Yeah, um, I totally agree with everything you just said. And letting him walk, <sighs> Fogel's a valuable player. You know, he draws penalties, he works hard, he, he brings a lot of energy to the game. But if you really want to contend, I feel like that's a spot that you could look to plug in a guy that maybe is a 20-plus goal scorer on your third line. You could definitely look to improve yeah. on Warren Fogel's roster spot. Right, and and – you know, younger, cheaper options that could potentially fill his role and do a similarly effective job for less money. And then you have that money to use elsewhere on potentially more scoring. You know, that was another part that stuck out to me was, and I think this was actually in the report about the next guy we're going to talk about, but the Hurricanes are looking, they know they have a lot of holes they want to fill. They have a lot of spots that you're trying to upgrade. So I think this team knows what they need to do, or this front office knows what they need to do to take the next step. And I think a big part of that is scoring some more goals. With Fogel, um, realistically, I mean, what, what, he's probably looking for what, like three, three and a half million? I'd say probably something. Probably around three. He was at what, yeah. like 2.2 2 or something 2. like 1. that? 2.15. He's 2. just 5. under 2.2, which, right. which I think that is fair value. But if he wants more and an increased role on the team, there's no way in hell I'm giving that to him. Yeah. But in that same breath, what is his actual trade value beyond like a third round pick? Yeah. Well, I, I was about to say uh, he is still an asset that you can bring in um, a, a little bit of a return for. I was actually going to suggest I'd be pretty happy with a third round pick for him. So I guess we kind of have his value pretty similar. But listen, if he's not, if he's not really a guy that you plan to keep in your in your bottom six for the long term and you feel like you have inter, internal options to replace them with you know, a third round pick for a guy like that it's not really bad business no it's just what's probably going to have to happen is you qualify him before the expansion draft and if seattle picks him awesome if they don't move him before um the nhl draft yeah. or at the nhl draft you know it's just like i like fogel good guy I think he he does bring a decent amount to this team. It's just if you're able to upgrade his position and get some goal scoring, like you're going to have to look at it. And again, I'm the same way about Brock McGinn. McGinn's older, and I think, you know what, you can have one of Warren Fogel or Brock McGinn. Yeah, I, I yeah. think that's fair, and I'd rather have McGinn. Just, yeah. That's my personal preference. I'd prefer um, McGinn, too. He just brings more from his penalty killing to his – he's more physical. And, you know, it's just a lot more things that this team kind of needs in their bottom six. Yeah. yeah, and with the acquisition of Jesper Foss last summer as well, I said at the time I thought it made Fogel just a little bit redundant. You you don't want to have too many players kind of with the same mold in your bottom six. 
I find that's one thing. If I had any problem with the Hurricanes, his depth boards, this year's, they all kind of had the same identity, right? There's not not really any dynamic elements in that group. Um, you're just kind of coming out with the same thing. So I, I definitely agree with you guys that I think they could stand to improve, maybe add a little element of surprise in their bottom six, and Vogel uh, could yeah. be a casualty of that. Well, that's the something we talked about line. with, like, we, we talked about this with, like, Tampa Bay. Look at their third and fourth lines. Yeah. Like, they got Blake Coleman's and Yanni Gore plays in their bottom six, right? Yeah, yeah Tyler Johnson. Barkley, Barkley, yeah, Tyler Johnson. Tyler Barkley freaking Johnson. Exactly. Like, All these players are legitimately threats to score and create offense, and the Hurricanes – don't really have that guy in their bottom six. And it's like, you know, Tampa realistically might not be able to keep Goodrow or Coleman. That's a player that I would look to acquire to replace a Warren Fogle type guy. Absolutely. Either one of them yeah. would be perfect. I would love but, um, I can't stand playing Coleman, but would love to have him on the Hurricanes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And it's like, you know. Jamison Reese. Fogle. Yeah, I mean. I think the Carolina Hurricanes third line is underwhelming at best when it hits the ice in terms of offense. Um, Great defensive line. Like there's no denying that that's one of the best defensive lines, you know, in hockey, but it's just, they don't have any, there's nobody that can actually finish a chance on that line. I mean, when Jordan Stahl is driving the offense, it says it all. Right. And I mean, Jordan Stahl's not a bad offensive player. It's just okay, like last year. He's not yeah. a guy that you rely on for yeah, offense, that's what which mean. is what the Canes have tried to do since they acquired him. Yeah. Which... But to that point, actually, how much can you rely on Jordan Stahl to be that guy moving forward? Like, do you really, do, should we really go into next year expecting Jordan Stahl to be that same guy? Like, no, that's why I, I, I think hope, they go out yeah. and acquire like goal scoring for that line, like a good yeah. or like a Coleman. Yeah, and hopefully he is, you know. Hopefully he can continue this late career magic and maybe last off season or over quarantine he had a chance to go see some know, skills instructor <laughs> or something right. that, you know, he, he just worked to improve that part of his game. But again, I, I'm not betting on Jordan Stahl being a point seven points per game player. Yeah, that he has be been, I think it was surprise. the second time in his career that's happened and first since he was like 21 or 22. I, I'm pretty sure I'll look yeah, up that so exact like stat a article. Yeah. Um, so moving on, I mean, Pierre Lebrun talked, um, I guess, well, today when we're recording it, but Wednesday, um, if you're listening to us later on, he wrote about Dougie Hamilton. And I wouldn't really call it news because, I mean, Nothing that's been reported about Hamilton has been shocking so far. Um, basically, he said, you know, a sign and trade isn't very likely. And what I got from it is that it's like, you know, still very much up in the air whether or not Hamilton will leave or stay. And then it's just going to come down to the last minute. Um, with a sign and trade likely not on the table, like, are you guys surprised by that? Um, yeah. You know, like, like LeBron said in his article, it's something that hasn't been done in the cap era. And, it makes sense, right? It's it, it's it's not a trade that's easy to pull off. I mean, the Hurricanes' only real point of leverage is that they can offer out an eighth year. But, you know, if you're talking about giving up an asset just to put an additional year on a contract, if I'm I'm another franchise in the NHL, I'm going to – I would be keeping my assets and, you know, trying my luck in free agency right. when he gets to the market. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely not surprised the sign-and-trade stuff fell out. Um, you know, you're definitely not going to get a crazy return from him. I saw some 
some people on Hurricanes Twitter speculating, uh, you know, what kind of a package they could get from a team like Philadelphia. Like, they're talking about Cam York and stuff. And I was like, my God, it's just not happening. Like, <laughs> I love no Cam York, getting... though. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> the player, but you're not, you're not getting great. anyone's top <laughs> prospects for, no. for Dougie Hamilton's eighth year. I mean, come yeah. on, let's be realistic. Um, I think at best you'd probably be getting like a second or a third round pick. And yeah, maybe like a mid-tier prospect. and mid-tier Like unless pick. you were – so here's the thing. It's like with a guy that, you know, he's, he's 28, like you're, you're getting a guy that in that eighth year he's going to be 36 or just about to turn 36, you know? If it was a player that was, you know, three years younger – heading into the last season of RFA status and, you know, he was just like, yeah, I don't want to play on this team. Absolutely. You'd be looking at more of like a higher return, I guess. Yeah. But it's just, I think, I think, and I said this before we started recording the whole sign and trade kind of narrative was to create a story out of nothing, you know? See, when that the first thing I thought of when I like saw the news or well when I saw this conversation, it's it, it makes me think it's really just to gauge his value. Oh yeah. So that the hurricanes the can try to work out a deal. So I mean that that's kind of where my mind went with the um news, but I, you know, whatever you want to call it that came out today, reports. Um it, I, I thought it kind of just seemed like more likely to me that he is coming back, honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, Elliot Friedman even said, you know, this is the Hurricanes' way of saying, oh, you you think there's a better deal out there? Show us. Like, okay, cool. Show us what that better deal is, and we'll see if you're worth that or not. Right. You know? Um, Like, that's what this is. It's, It's not, you know, Hamilton wanting to leave the organization. It's not the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, wanting to get rid of Hamilton. It's the Canes saying, like, Okay, if you really think you're worth that much, show us which team is willing to pay you that much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. So, um, regardless of what you know, I, I guess any any real analyst has said about this. Um, as optimistic as I want to be, and I'm still kind of on the fence about whether I do believe Hamilton will be back or not. You know, I. I don't have any any optimism at all that a deal is going to be done before July 28th. I think no, no. what no matter what teams he's talking to now, I don't think there's there's any chance that an extension is going to be signed. I think he will test the open market on July 28th. You know, obviously to explore his options, um, and you know it, it's it's kind of a situation of where he's talking to teams now and kind of getting a gauge on you know what teams might be interested, what price points and that kind of thing. But, you know, when he gets to the market, things are going to change dramatically because that's going to be after the expansion draft. Um, Teams are going to be putting in their game plans for, you know, what they project um, going into next season, uh, what their needs are um, and all kinds of stuff. You might see some trades at the draft. Like it's going to be a very different scope um, as, as opposed to right now where he's just, you know, talking to teams and getting a feel uh, from his agents and whatnot. Um, uh, so I, I definitely think that it, it's going to be a situation that even extends pretty deeply into uh, the free agent process. Like, I think we're not going to know probably till s- maybe some point early in August what way it's going to go with Dougie Hamilton. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a quick resolution of this. No, I mean, and that's fine. 
Um, I think it does, in a sense, handicap the Canes a little bit if it doesn't get done by then. And so I think, you know, if by, you know, the first few days in August, Hamilton still hasn't signed with the Canes or another team, they might just walk from him and make a move somewhere else. Yeah. Like, because you don't want to stake like your entire off season on the fact that one guy might sign with you. Like, yeah, and not being a guy that was already part of your group. It's like the Montreal Canadiens assuming that Sebastian Ajo would sign for them <laughs> and then going out and acquiring, I forget who. Ben Schrott. Ben Schrott, who sure, has been fine well. in these playoffs, well. but like, if anybody is sitting here thinking that Montreal is an actually good team, they're joking. Like, they're kidding themselves. Look pretty elite to me. Buddy, they have not played a single good team. Vegas is a paper tiger, and now I'm convinced. Like, this is this is a team that had all the goal scoring during the regular season, and it's disappeared against the freaking Canadians. Carey Price. Teams. Elite. <laughs> Maybe like three, four years ago. Dude, he's not the first goalie to rediscover some magic in a postseason run. He's been he's been really, really good. You can't take that away from him. A little harsh for Matt. A little harsh. But, but you know anyways. What? But anyways. This is the same guy that called Alex and don't but you, you know what so I'm... what are we what are we gonna you know we <laughs> you really know gonna put any stock in his goaltender evals? It's at the mid season when I was still like on the fence whether or not Ned would be like a real thing because I'm still like, on the fence about that if we're being honest. I saw yeah, somebody small go... sample size. Again. I saw somebody justified. talking about this yesterday on Twitter and they were like laughing at somebody because they saw something that called Alex and Delkovich unproven. And I was like, he, he, is. he is. Yeah. He, yeah we, I mean, how many examples do he we has, need? He has 30 games of NHL experience. Exactly. And how many examples do we need in the last half decade that one good year, a good goalie makes not a the good playoff run. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you can go back to Cam Ward, but I'm saying even in the last few years, like you don't oh, even yeah. have go to go back to Anton who voted with the hurricanes, right? Yeah, I mean, Hudobin's been fine. Hudobin's has been fine since yeah. then. After he's been like a good a weird goalie. Yeah, history. yeah, but I mean, with I'm talking with more like Benning was out of his mind. He was out of his mind, and then he came back yeah. the next year. I don't think he won for his first ten games and ended up in Bill Peters' doghouse. Well, if I'm talking about like Bennington point. and even Carter Hart, which I still have faith that he can turn it around, but like. I mean, think of how many young goalies. Matt Murray, that was the one I couldn't think yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Like, no, don't get me started on those. Those should scare you. Like, I, I mean. Which is why I, I think. I, I like Nedeljkovic. Had... I know he has the talent to be a legitimate starting goalie and this year not be a one-off, but it is far from a sure thing. Which is why I'm I think saying. the Canes look at bringing, you know, if not Mrazic or Reimer, yeah. then at least somebody with NHL starting experience and that's not named Devin Dubnik. Yeah, no, I. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I really like the thought of a, a duo of Peter Morozik and Alex Andelkovich. Obviously, very high risk. And they could even just split starts, you know? Yeah, that's what like, I mean. I think 41, Morazic's going to want to be a, I think gonna be a one. I think he's probably gone. Oh, I'm sure. But, like, yeah. you know, like I can dream. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's really not much else to talk about with Hamilton. It's just like, you know. If it does draw itself out, the Canes are going to look at improving themselves elsewhere because, again, like I said, you don't want to stake your entire offseason on one guy. Agreed. You don't want to be in the John Tavares sweepstakes and then lose out on him and be like, well, 
there goes our off season. <laughs> well, moving on, and this is the last guy we're going to talk about before we get into some fan proposals. Um, we've talked a couple of times already this off season, and two weeks it has been the off season uh, about the Hurricanes' targets or what what they should be looking for, and pretty much as a consensus, we've said the ideal player the Hurricanes could get would be somebody obviously that can score goals, biggest thing, and then ideally has an edge to their game. Well, just this week, some news has come out of Calgary, and there have been conflicting reports, some saying, you know, that Kachuk wants out, and then, you know, the uh, Calgary side of things coming back and saying, yeah, he's not going anywhere. We can get into that part of it in just a second, but just on like a fundamental level, I can think of very few better fits for what the Hurricanes could use than Matt Kachuk. Because he's a legitimate first-line player. You know, you can play him anywhere in your top six. You can play him on your second line with Trocek and Natchez. I say that, but if they were to get a Kachuk deal, that's probably the first player I would think is going back the other direction. Um, Yeah, that's fair. He can fit anywhere in your top six. He's got that power-forward game that the Hurricanes really could use more of, that in-your-face style the physicality, and the goal-scoring touch. Like, he's just a really, really good all-around player. So, what do you guys think about the potential of a Matthew Kachuk trade? And what would it take? I know I just mentioned Natchez, but what would it take to get him here? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be very, very honest here. Um, I don't think the Hurricanes are going to find a better fit for this group than Matt Kachuk. Let's be honest. Yeah, I know. That's that's exactly my train of thought. It's a perfect (laughs) fit. It's not gonna happen. (laughs) We we can dream, okay? But like this guy just checks every single box the Hurricanes need. I mean, he would be your net front presence on the power play that you desperately, desperately need. Um, he would set the tone physically for this group. Uh, you know, he he's a guy that will answer the belt to anybody. Uh, he does not give an inch on the ice. Like you said, uh, Brandon. He's not he, that useless he, physical player that the Kings That's Like, play. he's not Cedric yeah. Paquette. Yeah. Like, yeah. this guy can do everything. And, um, like, I just I just can't think of a better fit. Uh, he'd be under team control. Mind you, he's going to want a ton of money. So, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you acquire him, you better be damn ready to pay him. But... Well- that's why, like, Brandon's not too far off from saying Natchez. I think, you know... It's not going to be one for one. No. But I think it's going to be a lot closer to one for one than some people are thinking if Natchez is the piece that Calgary would hypothetically want. Again, I don't believe that Kachuk's going anywhere. Um, I just don't. Yeah. But, like, my God. I don't know. Calgary's pretty dumb by and large, so. <sighs> yeah, I don't know if they're that dumb, though. I don't know if they're it, Jim it Benning. Sound, it sounds like they've got a bit of a fire sale going on there. I've heard a lot about Sean Monaghan, uh, a lot about Johnny Gojo. Could they trade him if they can't? Um, I feel like Calgary maybe... just has a lot of pressure surrounding them because they were this team that was supposed to be really good, and now they've kind of – they're stepping into a lot of their core's prime, and the team sucks. Yeah. Giordano is not going to be, you know – himself for much longer um and it's just like yeah calgary just has i mean they're a canadian team so they're just gonna have more media pressure but you know what's crazy to me how many hurricanes fans seem to be divided on matt kachuk like 
I just I can't believe the amount of fans that say no, absolutely it's, not. We don't want him. He's a jerk, and like that's exactly why we want him because he's yeah, a well, jerk. Like, he's tough to play against. Like when this guy is on your team, you will love him. Yeah, that's right? I watch his brother in Ottawa. Him. Yeah, that's that's like, what I'm saying. It's like if the Canes went out and acquired Brad Marchand, people would be pissed <laughs> in this franchise. And then they see him score 35 goals with Sebastian Ajo, and they're like, oh, maybe Marshan's not so bad. <laughs> like, just because a player's an ass when you play against him doesn't mean that he would, like, I mean, yeah, he's going to play the same way on your team. But and you're going to love him for it. Because he's on your team, that's what makes it okay. Like, that's what sports are. It would be perfect. I think Natchez is pretty close to being fair value for Kachuk because – I think Natchez could produce at the same level as Kachuk eventually. I don't think you're giving up anything higher than maybe like a mid-tier prospect or yeah. like, you know, yeah, pick to go with Natchez in that deal. Because I think, you know, Natchez being 21, 22, 22 now. 22, yeah. Kachuk's 23. Yeah, like... Yeah, he is. Um, that, that's you know, not very very far off. But that's just me. But again, you know, from from what it seems like, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. We can all just yeah. And on the flip side, yeah. there is a couple probably or possibly logical, more logical landing spots than Carolina. Uh, you think about St. Louis, where he grew up and where his dad played. You think about Ottawa. Maybe he goes and plays with his brother. Um, oh hell yeah! Rising I, I, that would be a lot of fun to watch. No, well, if I were Calgary, I'd be trading him as far away from Calgary as possible. Yeah, even though and even yeah. though St. Louis geographically is pretty far away, Carolina's pretty far. Yeah, but they're in a west. <laughs> they're Western Conference. I think. I think an Eastern Conference team, if and this is a very big if, he were to be traded, I think the Eastern Conference is the only way they would part with him yeah well let's get into fan proposals now this is what everybody came here for and i'll pull them up here i know this first proposal is a joke which is why i'm starting with it i think it's funny um because this was like a legitimate rumor at one point and kane's fans just laughed at it but kaniac zach says natchez and pesci for line a you guys remember that when that was like a thing yes yeah (laughs) Unfortunately, that was, I mean, even was like, then it was comical, and like now, I think yeah. people found now it's so why. much worse. Oh my lord! Right, people are like, "Oh, well, Line A is you know a top goal scorer. What has Nate just done?" And I'm like, Nate yeah. is better than Line A." Yeah, <laughs> and and you know we're the ones that don't know hockey because we're in North Carolina. Um, well, and nobody's ever going to know about Brett Pesci just because, in all honesty, he's kind of a boring player. <laughs> In the best possible way. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. the folks at home can't see this, but I am air quoting myself to death here. Like, when I say boring, it just means like he's not going to grab headlines unless they're in trade rumors for some stupid reason. But the Hurricanes are chomping at the bit to trade that contract and that kind of production out of it. Right. They're just going to look at the points and be like, well, this guy sucks. What's he doing? <laughs> like, yeah. And even this year, you couldn't really do that. But, Anyway, I hate, it. I hate it here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this one is from Zach Turner. This one, may, this one makes me laugh. The Canes trade the Storm Surge and a future 
non-traditional hockey market annoyance. So we'll call that future considerations to Canadian media in exchange for attendance jokes and Raleigh Durham references. And as we all know, Raleigh Durham is the center of the hockey universe. I'm not giving up either of those things. You wouldn't part with the storm surge. Oh, wait, I wasn't giving up the RDU jokes and stuff is what I meant. No, we wait, so the hurricane Street. Well, what? Uh, we already have those. Why would we trade for something we already have? <laughs> the Canes would trade okay, the Storm Surge. this phrasing st- confused me. I should have looked at this before we started. So instead of other people using attendance jokes on us, which, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast and you still make attendance jokes about the Carolina Hurricanes, you need to leave 2017 and come back to us. But anyways, and then a future, you know, annoyance that, you know, Canadian media inevitably will draw up to make us seem like an illegitimate franchise. In exchange for attendance jokes, meaning we can make attendance jokes about other teams and Raleigh Durham references, which to me, it's like, that's kind of moot because we already, a lot of us already do that. <laughs> like unironically and sometimes ironically too, but you know. To the point, I'm just not sure the value is there for me to make this Yeah, story. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'm going to have to decline that one. It's tough. The Storm Surge <laughs> in and of itself is worth more than both of those assets. Um, so adding the future considerations part just makes it seem a little... Um, if you take excessive. out the Storm Surge and trade it with the Storm Squad, then I would, it. I would pick up the phone for that call. As but, long um, as we keep like Stormy and Mike, um, I think we'd be good. And let's be honest here. The guy, he, he blows the horn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, is he still around? I haven't guy. seen that dude in forever. Well, I think he was taking time off due to COVID. Um, oh. But he, he was on Kane's cast. Um, God, it was probably like three months ago now. But oh, it, was, it was actually a really good episode. I would, I would recommend it. Yeah, and let's be honest here. Is there a more overhyped trade piece than future considerations? I mean, how many times has this guy been traded? Never heard him produce anything. Um you know, at what, at what point do we close the book on this guy? I can give you it's one. It's like player to be named example, later. But... Oh, that's what I was thinking of as a player to be named later. There's one baseball example that is going to end up being really dumb. Where it was an already bad trade, which sent Tyler Glasnow to uh, Tampa Bay. And along yeah, with I don't a bunch know about baseball. Matt's giving you that Archer. look. Um, Terrible trade. Give me a hockey anyway. example. Yeah, I don't have one. Yeah, future consideration. Like, I still don't think we've gotten clarification on like a minor league trade that we made with Vancouver. So I'm just assuming it's cash. Um, so here's here's a um, so Riley Lundrigan has three for us. So we'll break it down. The first one is Warren Fogel's rights and a p- draft pick for Jake DeBrusque. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot for both <laughs> sides. To be honest. Um, he kind of like Vogel just seems like a Boston type player, does he not? Oh yeah, be, for sure. I think he'd be a great fit in their bottom six, and you know Jake DeBrusque kind of fell off from uh, there in the past couple of years. Kind of fell out of favor, healthy scratch in the playoffs. I've talked about him before. I really like him as a guy that you know you might be able to revive some production out of him in your middle six. Um, you know, we he's talked not about... that much more expensive. Yeah, he's only he's only one and a half million. Yeah, it's it's know, it's like a no take. risk flyer. He's on a one year deal, and after that, it's your choice if you want to qualify him or not. Um, and you know, it's just we we have talked though before about um, he does have some potential effort issues uh, that have been called out by his coach. So you got to wonder if he'd clash with Rod Brindamore or if he's the guy that you think you can fix. Mind you, from a production standpoint, he scored twenty seven goals in sixty eight games. 
just a couple years ago. So he's a guy that can really finish. Um, and you know, Sarah Sivian will go to bat for him. So I, I think if if that's if that's what you're giving up, um, I'm not opposed to that at all. Is that enough though? That's the question. That's that's my question. That, is that enough? Uh, is I don't think it's enough. Yeah. I, I think depending on how high the pick is, it might be. Because if if Boston really is desperate enough to get rid of Jake DeBrusque, there are worse offers that they could field. Yeah. Um, like Warren Fogel will fit on their third line and, you know, could be a 40-point guy in Boston as opposed to in Carolina. And, I mean, a second-round pick in this draft isn't worth a ton, but if it's a 2022 pick, I might consider it a little bit more just because that's a deeper and better draft. It's just, you know, I'm not quite sure if the Canes are going to have to add another piece to that because DeBrusque is a year younger than Fogel and miles better in most capacities. So it really just kind of comes down to how good that pick is and if Boston wants more. Maybe you add like a mid-tier piece, maybe like a Patrick Poistola reclamation project hoping he bounces back or something like that maybe that swings the deal a little bit i know I he had a terrible trade value is pretty pretty Probably. low at this point yeah but we'll he get, was only like a boston was... type fit either that's true that's a we'll, we'll get to that because there were a few um i think there were one or two offers that did have him um oh yeah i guess oh, an actual God. piece Already trying to trade him the guy has i don't think even... we're i don't think we're trying to trade him more so as i think um we're just trying to think like, of like those like, kind yeah, of middle tier prospects. He's kind of become that was the, my the throwaway prospect that yeah. we can just include. He's not a any, he's not a throwaway any... prospect by any means. No, no um, I'm saying that that seems like that's what the perception is becoming. It's just let's add Patrick Puistola to any deal uh, to sweeten it a little, as if well, when I said one or two, when I said one or two, I think it's just kind of that's the player they thought of. I wouldn't accuse anybody of that. Yeah, but, I don't know. Well, my I mean, thing was, I was like, was just saying he's part of that group. Yeah, well, I was just trying to think of like a mid-tier prospect earlier, and then right. like I, anybody above him, I'm prospect. like, dude, I don't really want to trade him. Like Panamarev, I don't want to trade him. Jack Drury, I don't really want to trade him. Like those those prospects, I and am... maybe it's because I watch them a lot, and and I think we do. I've said this before. I'll have a tendency to overvalue our own team's prospects, right? Yeah. I mean, never team does. Right. Exactly. So. I don't know. Poisola was just like the most mid-tier prospect I could really think of. Just because yeah, you of- kind of you just pulled a name out of the hat. I get it. Um, <laughs> Riley's next Shut trade <laughs> Shut is up, is Fogel's rights plus Jarvis plus a first for Matthew Kachuk. Uh, um, yeah, Fogel's rights need more than that. Plus Jarvis plus a first. Gonna need a lot more than that. Yeah, it, you know what? It depends on if Calgary is embracing a full-on rebuild, rebuild. or not. Because if they're not, then that trade won't work because that's two future assets and a third-line player for your like first-line winger. But if Calgary's like, you know what? We just need to rebuild. Jarvis is absolutely going to be the starter from if you're looking to acquire any top player from a rebuilding team. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're kidding ourselves if we say like Suzuki is going to be the starter. No, definitely no, it's, not. It's Jarvis. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a knock on Suzuki. It's just Jarvis is probably the more promising prospect at this point, or at least more enticing. So I don't hate it, but again, that trade to me just depends on where Calgary is at in their 
where they view yeah, themselves as I, a I'm going to assume that doesn't get you to Chuck today. I, I, I don't think they go for I don't, that. I don't think so either. Yeah. And the last one is a bag of pucks and some Carolina barbecue for McDavid. And I got clarification on this one. We don't lose the rights to claim barbecue, like North Carolina barbecue as our own. So it's not, it's not going to be Edmonton barbecue. So it's still going to be Carolina barbecue. We just ship them off like a platter. Did you get, did you get any clarification on the condition of the pucks? <laughs> I think that's pretty important too. If we're going to be <laughs> training for a player of McDavid's caliber, I mean, are these pucks valuable to us? Um, let's just go with their like clean warm-up pucks. It's going to be a no for me. Really? going to be a no <laughs> mind you i've never tried carolina barbecue you're missing out bud yeah i've never tried it so i'm putting very very high value on here's, my barbecue you know what here's a hot take for everybody involved and brandon you might fight me on this when it comes to western or eastern north carolina barbecue they're both delicious and great and maybe it's just because i'm fat i'm not gonna argue that <laughs> But, like, they're both good. Not the fat part, the barbecue part. <laughs> Anybody who tells you otherwise is just an elitist. Alex, yeah. come down for a tailgate. We'll treat you to food. If there's one thing Southern people know how to do, it's eat. I'm not a big food snob, to be honest with you. Um, I, actually, I'm not even going to make that admission on this podcast. they will probably get a lot of backlash and news followers, but... <laughs> I, I don't really give a damn what kind of barbecue it is for the most part. Carolina barbecue. I can tell this difference with like St. Louis and, you know, Texas. Yeah. but like Eastern and Western North Carolina, it, it, there's, there's not that big a difference to me. It's both. It's, they're just both really good. Yep. And that's, that's all that we need to say. Yep. Um, and this one is from Eric underscore K eight. The hurricane social media for the golden Knights social media. Oh, God. What? <laughs> yes. Okay. Gee. I was waiting for that reaction. Why would you? What? What? But, right. No, Next. listen. That's the, a little Golden Knights' <laughs> media, like their, their media makes it hard for me to even root for them. And listen, I, I'm from Ottawa, okay? I cannot. And you, you guys might find this a little weird because I, I cannot bring myself to cheer for Montreal in the playoffs. I oh, just, that makes sense. I, I'm from all, I cannot cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. I just cannot do it. But, but, this Vegas Golden Knights media, their social media makes it extremely hard for me to support them. Because it's yeah. insufferable since they became a franchise. Oh my God. And they even worse. had turnover. Like the guy running the account originally got fired because he just kept tweeting stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're and, insufferable. Like, they, it's, it's like, terrible. And it's like, I have nothing against their fans. Their fans, every fan that I've met of the Golden Knights has been wonderful. But my God, their social media is just... It's hideous. It makes me want to rip my hair out. And like, I get it. When your team has never experienced like defeat and, you know, they haven't experienced anything but success and what's so annoying is when the team finally faces adversity and loses, the first thing their team does is, oh, puppy picks, please, like, just to get <laughs> engagements. Like, like, stop. We all know what you're trying to do. You're not sad about the team losing. You're just trying to get engagements from your fans. Shut up. 
Yeah. Like yeah, it's it's bad. No, that that is like, and it always has me cheering soon, for the Montreal Canadiens. Like that's how bad it is. As soon as you hear, like, if I were picking up the phone on that call, even though that's not possible, saying, <laughs> "Okay, you have to trade the Kane social media for Vegas," I, I click it right there. Nothing. Yeah, I'm done. No, that's anything involving Vegas' social media is a non-starter for me. I will reject that trade, even if we get Connor freaking McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, <laughs> Jack Eichel, and like insert other player here. Yeah, that's too much cap anyway. Yeah, well, and yeah that, that should almost be a ban from asking questions from whoever asks that one. Like that, just <laughs> Eric, I know you were just trying to. Uh, start something and we appreciate it but yeah no i'm sorry to any of our listeners that like vegas's social media i think that I, I don't think we have to worry about that okay this next one is from m rutherford 1106 saying alex nadelkovich for carter hart who says no probably philadelphia probably if i had to guess i, I don't know it's still i weird think one. they'd be foolish to give up on carter hart yeah. I mentioned him earlier as like a goalie that had a great start and then struggled, but I like immediately backtracked and was like, he doesn't really fit in the category of the guys I'm trying to talk about with this idea. Um, Cause he's a guy that I still expect to be an elite goalie. Probably. Yeah, that's I mean, actually a really interesting question. I'm not going to lie. That's actually a very, very interesting one because yeah. you can make a case kind so of for both sides where, you know, we saw Alex Nadelkovich's upside this year where, like this guy can just steal games for you. And we saw the success he had, but on one hand it's a 30 game sample size. And you're talking about a guy in Carter Hart who showed a lot of the same characteristics um, when he broke into the league and he's, and he's a player who's a lot younger. Yes. He had struggles this year, but I mean, Philadelphia's defense isn't very good. Their their coaching wasn't very good this year. Their overall systems weren't very good. Um, It's, it's a situation of where I think you'd probably have to go with, which player you believe uh, has a brighter future and, you know, nothing against Alex Nedeljkovic, but I'm not sure how much better he's really going to get. Is that fair to say? Like at this point, I think he's kind of close to a finished product and with Carter Hart, maybe we haven't seen the upside yet. Yeah. I think if you're the Canes, um, Hart's upside does intrigue you, but with where the team's at right now, you go with Ned, who's more of a sure thing right now. Um, and if that comes to bite you, whatever, you know, like the team's still good. It's just like, you know, two years ago, absolutely, I would have taken Carter Hart. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, there's less risk involved in keeping Nadelkovic. But, I mean, there's a case to be made for Yeah, it's a great question. Decision. It's actually a yeah. really good one. I know. That was one that I was like, man, how am I going to answer this? Um, okay. So the next one is from Natchez is Elite. Um, the original trade was Jarvis and a first for Askarov, but then he said Jarvis or a lower pick because a first is probably too much. Can I start? Yeah, yeah, you look, you look eager. Guys, I know we wanted Askarov, but it's been almost an entire year. We just need to get over it at this point. Jarvis is a damn good prospect. Seriously. And the Carolina Hurricanes don't need goaltending right now. Darren York even said at the draft, it's like, 
We've got a we've got Kachikov. We've got a few other guys. We've got like Ned. Lafontaine. Like it's there's like, options. You literally have Kachikov. Now you have Beckham. You've got Jack Lafontaine. You've got Itu Makiniemi. Like you might even have a goalie that you draft this year. It's just like, yes, Askarov does have an incredibly high upside, but he is a goaltender. There's as good of a chance that he could bust as the chance that he could be a star. Yeah. That's just yeah. a fact. That, that Seth trade, Jarvis that doesn't make much sense. is a good prospect, and there's no way that I'm trading Seth Jarvis right now, unless it's for, like, a legitimate... I, I wouldn't... I would say, like, second-line, borderline, first-line player. You know, the sense I got last year... um when talking to a few actual media members, um, was that the Hurricanes would have taken Askarov if he was there, but they almost like wanted him to be gone. Yeah. And, and I think it's exactly because of this conversation we're having right now. It's like it, optically, and you want to have that elite goalie prospect. It's like you have Askarov, like that's your future in net kind of thing, but you're just the odds of a forward you take in that spot, like Jarvis turning into a legitimate scoring threat, which he looks like he's on pace to do is a lot higher than, you know, Yaroslav Askarov meeting his astronomical projections. Yeah. Um, and, and turning into that franchise goalie. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm I very happy the- with Jarvis at this point. I was upset when Askarov got taken right ahead of us too, but Seth Jarvis is a hell of a prospect. Yeah. It was, it was painful at the time, but I mean, listen, I, 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 I Jarvis play. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just watch Seth Jarvis, and then you're probably not going to want to trade him. Mind you, <laughs> I really do believe that Yaroslav Askarov is going to have a good NHL career. He's got, you know, sure. all the measurables of a good goalie and probably a franchise goalie at the NHL level. But I mean, we've seen how non-linear goaltending pro- progression can be. We've seen good goalies just go off the rails and never get never get it back together. And you know, the, the Hurricanes are in a pretty good spot with their goaltending group. I mean, like you guys mentioned, they have some good prospects with Kochitkov and Makiniemi. And yes, neither of these guys are sure things, but neither is Askarov. Yep. And goaltending is all about development. It's about getting your guys reps. It's about developing them properly and at the right pace, not rushing these guys. Look how long it took Nadelkovich. Uh, almost everyone had given up on him. And he just, he finally turned the corner. So, uh, I mean... Listen, I think goaltending is definitely a spot that you want to invest in every single draft. I, I think the Hurricanes should definitely take another guy in the mid round this year, just because you want you still want young bodies coming darts in. Darts to throw at the board. Complacent. Yeah, exactly. Just keep throwing darts. Keep bringing guys in. Bring in these eighteen year old kids. See what they can do. Might turn into a player. Might not. But um, yeah, I, I'm definitely not trading Jarvis for Askarov today. I mean, it, it just doesn't really make sense, and I'm not sure if that question was Wouldn't legit make sense or not. For Nashville but, either. Yeah, exactly. From both sides, it does make sense. I think part of the reason why um, some folks are still hung up on Askarov is because so I think almost everybody was invested, mocked him to go. Yeah, like in twenty nineteen, in, in twenty nineteen, when him. everybody when everybody mocked Pistola to go to us in the first round. Yeah, and so nobody knew anybody else at the end of the first round. It's like nobody bothered to really research other players. So no matter what happened with the player that the Canes picked, they would have been pissed had it not been Askarov. So like, 
just because one player gets selected in the draft, like just because Connor McDavid got selected first overall in 2015 doesn't mean that that was it for NHL players in that draft. Just because the Canes whiffed on Noah Hannafin doesn't mean that they didn't get Sebastian Ajo, you know? Like, right. Yeah. I just, I like Jarvis. I would have liked Askarov just the same. But since we didn't get Askarov, we've got to move on. You can't be hung up on who you missed in the draft. Sure, you can, like, hindsight's always going to be twenty twenty. So if Jarvis busts and Askarov turns into, you know, a star, awesome. But it's not like that would have affected, you know, the the outcome of the draft for the Hurricanes because Askarov was gone by the time they picked. Yeah. All right. Next question. Or next trade proposal. <laughs> this is another threefer uh, from Please Sign Brock. I respect it. So this is Fogel's rights plus Joey Keane plus Jack Drury for Scott Mayfield. Seems like a lot, doesn't it? I would like yeah. to drop down off Drury. If you could do a little, a lesser prospect than Drury, I'd be more inclined to do it. But then again, that might just mean that that is actually a sensible proposal. <laughs> that's hey, man, this is a guy with 69 career points in the regular season. Okay. Okay. On that, okay, I might reconsider. <laughs> now, now that you brought that into it, I might reconsider. Yeah. No, but Mayfield's a big physical right shot defenseman that the Hurricanes could really use. He's a better hawk and paw. Yeah. Effectively. Yeah. But that's just that you're giving up three pieces. I mean, Joey Keane looks like a pretty good prospect. Um, mind you, I think he's probably a third pair guy, but I think Scott Mayfield is probably a third pairing defenseman, right? So you're, you're basically yeah. trading Joey Keane for an accelerated version of himself. Um, and you're going to give up Jack Drury and Warren Fogle to do it. Uh, I don't know. It seems like a bit much for me. Well, the Fogle thing doesn't really sway me one direction or another much to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but he's a guy you can get an asset for. Yeah. No one in this case, I mean, the asset is Scott Mayfield. <laughs> Fogle, Fogle and okay. Keane, probably the Islanders probably walk away from that. But if it's Fogle, Keane, and Drury, the Canes walk away from that. Yeah, I think so too. So That's you kind of have to find that middle ground where it's like... It's a good it starting point to... It can't be Jack Drury, but yeah. it, it can be like... Um, I'm not saying that, <laughs> I'm not saying that this guy has any trade value, um, just because I, I really don't know. But like, like Kevin Wall, for instance, a guy that's you know impressed at the college ranks, and you know could be you know another kind of third line goal. Third scorer. line, right? Okay. Yeah, that's you know, speed and maybe something. Maybe like maybe the, maybe the Canes really. consider that uh, as opposed to Drury. But um, I could get behind that. I mean, I think I think. I think we're on to something, but I'm not sure, you know? Yeah, but I, I do think Mayfield would be a decent um, target for the Hurricanes. Uh, maybe like a cheaper option than, say, you know, uh, Josh Manson. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously a lot cheaper than Josh Manson, <laughs> but in, in that same vein, um, the physicality, and he definitely would bring that kind of element that they need and be a better option to do that than Yanni Hockenpah. <laughs> So we've got, um, this is the second of three uh, from Please Sign Brock. And this one, it's another Kachuk trade. It's Nino, Jarvis, a first and a third for Kachuk. Nino, Jarvis, a first and a third. Eh. I think if you take out Jarvis, that's something. <sighs> that the can- and then like replace it with like a... Drury. 
even even Drury, I might consider taking away like or like downgrading a third. Because like you're already giving up a that's a lot a of top, pieces. You're giving up a top nine forward and a first round pick. Now, granted, it doesn't say if it's this year or next year. Um, so we'll just assume it's this year. Like you're close. Jarvis and, is a lot for that. But, but yeah, well, here's the thing for me. Like, yes, you're taking Nino Niederreiter away from your group, which is a big loss. I mean, this guy scored 20 goals this year. Well, you but he's are only signed upgrading him. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's only signed for one more year, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. So I'm not sure Calgary would be interested in a guy like that. That is also true. One second. Like, that might be a piece where they balk and say, listen, we, like, you need to know exactly what direction they're going. But if they're, if they're a group that's, that's looking towards the future, I can't really see them having any any yeah, value it. in acquiring a Nino Niederreiter type unless they plan to flip him. But even then, I mean, right. they, they probably want more youth. Um, and even then, on the flip side of it, I mean, Nino, Nino Niederreiter is a good player, but even if Calgary still has hopes to be competitive now, he's a guy with only one year left on his deal. Uh, if that's basically one of the main pieces that you're getting for um, a guy like Matt Dechuk, who, you know, obviously is a cornerstone franchise uh, piece of any franchise moving forward. Um, I'm just not sure that's enough. Um, well, the way his be, deal is... I don't think is, I'd be moving Niederreiter in a deal like that. Yeah, and, and it doesn't really make sense for Calgary to acquire um, an aspiring contract like that, like you said. But, you know, the way he posed that, the, the main piece isn't Niederreiter. It's Jarvis and the first-round pick. So yeah. Eno is more of a balance of salary cap hit than anything yeah 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 but from that standpoint it it makes a little bit more sense it it depends too like like matt said what year is the first round pick because if you even if you take nino niederreiter out of it if it's seth jarvis in the 26th overall pick in this year's draft i don't think that's getting you math to chuck i'm going to be completely honest and the third round pick doesn't move the needle it's yeah the third round pick is yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so i I don't know about you guys but i i just don't think nino niederreiter in that trade makes any sense um yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's from, from a cap standpoint, it does because the Hurricanes have to send some salary back that way, or that deal is never going to work anyway. Yeah, again, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's we're on the right track with some of these moves. Um, that might be a place where you look to dump a contract as well instead of maybe uh, a neater writer who you can keep around to help your group. Sure, um, if you get them to take maybe Gardner off your hands, but then you're definitely looking at Jarvis and a first, and probably another first or a second. Yeah, you're adding a lot more because I yeah. mean, well, breaking news: Jake Gardner is playing at the uh, the Beauties thing in Minnesota, so he's clearly not terribly hurt. Well, that's good news. I mean, so is that like that's I don't know, maybe not. It's hockey, <laughs> you know. Sure, uh, but I, I think um, that's kind of good news. I, yeah, it's free I, Jake Gardner. I don't see Calgary Jake trading. Gardner. I don't see Calgary trading Kachuk for Nino for like one year of Nino Niederreiter, one guaranteed year of Nino Niederreiter. I'll put it that way. Yeah, and then a bunch of futures. I think they look to get something a little more permanent. The next one, though, um, from Please Sign Brock is actually one that I think might happen. And hear, hear me out on this. Yes, for Foss and a third round pick to Seattle so we can keep Jake Bean and Brady Shea. Okay. Uh, listen, okay, I, I, I like it. Can I, can I counter, though, with a Warren Fogel and a third round pick so we can keep Brady Shea and Jake Bean? I, I think you can kind of 
interchange Faust and Fogel here, and I'd yeah, be yeah, fine that's, with that's either. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think contract. it'll be Fogel because Faust says he's under contract. And, yeah, and, but and again, Fogel's just got you know, the, the Ron Francis effect. Right. Yeah, if you're already right. shopping Fogel and you want to move Faust too, then I mean, I guess that's technically a possibility because again, the Hurricanes are looking to upgrade their bottom six with yeah. some more scoring touch. Hopefully, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't I mean, be opposed would, to either guy going. I just think it makes more sense to, and, to put Fogel in that mix than Foss. I and think so, we, too. Foss was really good last year, for the most part, up until the postseason, anyway. Um, I still don't think people really realize just how good he was most of the year. Um, so when we when we say the Canes are looking to improve their bottom six, we really just mean the third line, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Steven Lorenz yeah. has earned his place on the fourth line, and you're going to give Morgan Geeky a look, whether that be on the third yeah. or fourth line. I think he's earned his place there. Probably you want him on your fourth line, but I, I, I would not be opposed to Morgan Geeky playing on the third line either because I do think he's got enough offensive creativity in this game that he could probably fit in in the top nine role. But yeah, oh, like sure. I said. But yeah, like that's kind of yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lorenz has earned a spot, no question. Um, And Geeky, I think he's earned a look as well. So you're probably looking for another body or two for... Maybe maybe a body on your third line, maybe a body on your fourth. And I would probably still have Brock McGinn in that mix as well. So I just wanted to clarify for the for the folks that might be thinking, well, the fourth line's pretty good. What are you guys saying? Like we're really kind of just talking about, you know, as far as legitimate improvements go, the only way you can legitimately improve would be by getting some scoring help on that third line. They need to balance their yeah. lineup without having to break up SAT. Yes. You know, Rod keeps trying to balance the lineup by breaking up. Okay. Elite lines, and that's not but moving it. back to the trade, I think that that's a deal that very like that not very likely, but it, it could be something that we see. Like, because Seattle gets a free NHL asset in Fast, in addition to whoever they do end up picking from the Hurricanes, and a third round pick, and if we know Ron Francis. He's going to be hoarding those draft picks. So, I mean, I don't hate that. And I think that's not too far off from what we could see if the Canes do make one of those deals. Uh, The next one is from Jordan. Oh, God. Schechter. Please correct me on this. Like, I want to know. Jake Bean in a first round pick for Vince Dunn in a third. Uh, I don't think it's enough. Uh, yeah. From whose side, just to clarify? It, 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 uh, let's see. Th- this is the thing. It's just, when you say Jake Bean in at first, what first are we talking about? It's probably going to be... This year's? Outside of the top 20 or 25. Yeah. In either this year or next year's draft, I don't think it'll matter. Vince Dunn is really good. That's yeah, like I was going to say, hoping... Vince Dunn is really good. <laughs> you want Jake That's... Bean to be Vince Dunn someday, essentially. They're not yeah, quite the same I, player. I, I don't. I don't think it's enough from the hurricane side. I'm going to be totally so. honest. Well, Dunn Vince is Dunn a under, year isn't he an RFA as well. He is. Vince Dunn probably at his best is a thirty to thirty to forty point defenseman, which is quite good. I'd say a little higher. He's already got a thirty five point season on his resume. Twelve goals. Yeah. Um, um, I think he the only issue is that I don't think I don't know if we can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah, injuries have been an issue for him. Um, and that's that's a big concern for me. I don't know how much sense that deal makes because you don't – Bean's value is not high right now, and you're still hoping he can be a lot more than he has been. Um, and I also don't know if 
um, St. Louis is going to be a rebuilder. Yeah. Which that seems more like a deal that a rebuilding team would make. Right. Now, granted, I mean, they are going to have to find a way to sign Dunn. They're probably going to get rid of Hoffman and Bozak. Schwartz is due for at least Hoffman a sizable increase. Hashtag. Hell yeah. yeah. Like there's there's a few guys that on that team that could get um significant pay raises. So I mean who knows? I I don't know. I just think I think St. Louis is, is not quite ready to rebuild. Yeah, I would I would definitely make that trade ten times out of ten if I'm the hurricanes because oh, for like sure. Brandon alluded to, <laughs> Vince Dunn is basically what you want Jake Bean to turn into. So you're basically giving up a little draft capital to turn your I guess bag of magic beans into the uh, real thing. <laughs> I get it. See what you you get it? Yeah, that was an intended pun. You know, not a great reaction from you guys. It was uh, some hard work for myself, but <laughs> no, no, honest to God, that that's a deal I'd make, you know, any day of the week. I mean, uh, I, I can't, can't find a fault with that deal. And that's probably why St. Louis wouldn't do it. Yeah. So this is another one from Jordan here. Gardner, Fogel, and a first for Sam Reinhardt and a third. That's not going to be enough. In the that is not back. nearly enough. If it's a healthy Jake Gardner, it's still not nearly enough. <laughs> really? Yeah. If it's Jake a Gardner, prime Jake Gardner. I maybe? love Jake Gardner, man. It's just it's still not enough. So a second pairing defenseman with term, a solid third line forward. That who on on these Buffalo Sabers might be a second line forward. And a first round pick, so let's just say it's the twenty seventh, technically twenty sixth overall pick. For Sam Ben well, let's take away the third, which again doesn't Sam move Bennett or the- Sam Reinhardt. Yeah, I thought you said Sam Reinhardt. Reinhardt, Reinhart, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I thought you okay. I was like, well Sam Bennett, that's too much. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, I was gonna say wait, <laughs> Bennett, yeah, yeah, hold on. But no, for Sam Reinhardt, I no, no, it's it's not nearly enough. And listen, it's because there, there's a there's a couple layers to this. One, I, I do think the Hurricanes, the, their deployment of Jake Gardner has definitely kind of... Tanked his trade value? Yes. Yeah, they have They haven't done any wonders for his trade value. And honestly, we don't know if he's healthy. Even if, you know, even if his back is okay, even if he doesn't need surgery, he's a risk, a big-time risk moving forward. You know, we've all kind of given our thoughts of Warren Fogle. He kind, his value's a third-round pick, basically. And, and, I, and I think you might be wishful to get that if i'm going to be totally honest and then on the flip side of that sam reinhardt just scored 25 goals in 50 games he was scoring at a 40 goal pace this year and i mean this guy he signed for the i think for a pretty pretty sizable term but he's got four or five years left doesn't he yeah, reinhardt's an rfa all right let's go to cap friendly bring up the cap yeah bring up the cap but listen i don't think it matters because regardless this is a guy that if you're acquiring you're going to keep him around for the long yeah goal. he just he signed um, a, a bridge deal last year. Um, one year, five point two million. And yeah, okay, now, so now you're he's probably going to give him a bit of a raise on that, especially with the year. I'd he just say, had. but man, this guy's twenty five years old. He's a, he's a core piece for any group in this league. I, if you get him for that, I mean, just start construction on the statue for Waddell right now. If he pulls that trade off, yeah, I, yeah. I would love to have Reinhardt. He's a guy we've mentioned here a couple of times as a potential upgrade in the top six. Um, I just think that's going to cost you. More Quite than that first Gardner round pick, and it's it's going to cost you a good young player uh, to some degree. I actually not too long ago went on uh, the Saber Scoop podcast for the hockey writers, and um, we did talk about a couple of uh, trade proposals for both Jack Eichel and uh, Sam Reinhart to potentially come to Carolina. So 
I'm not going to yeah. go back through all that stuff right now. But if you want to go look that up, it's on uh, YouTube and a couple of different places. Just, you know, throw that out there. I had fun doing that with those guys. They were pretty cool. So this is from Olivia, um, who said oh, right. she will Let's riot. on Olivia real quick. She'll say, she says we will, she will riot if uh, we don't discuss. Um, so just because we don't want any issues on our hands here, we'll, we'll, we'll indulge her. Svetch for Ovi. And before, before we roast her, <laughs> why trade for Ovechkin when you can just <laughs> sign him agent. for free? <laughs> he's a free agent. But let's now, granted, we know he's going to take like a severe hometown discount to stay in Washington. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, there's no other team that he wants to play for. There's no other team that honestly they would be doing Ovechkin a disservice if they didn't sign him. It would be almost as much of a slap in the face as the freaking devils trading Martin Brodeur. Or what the Sens did to Daniel Alfredson. Yeah. Like brutal. Still, still pisses me off. It's day. all, and it's, it's totally different from like the Eric Stahl situation. Cause Eric Stahl has still had, you know, I don't know. He he always seemed like he was on his way out, but like Ovechkin has been the Washington Capitals since he was drafted. If you get rid of this guy, I mean, ugh. but yeah, um, no. Sure, you want to trade me twenty-two year old Alex Ovechkin for Sveshnikov? Sure, hell yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah I, I'd, I'd uh, gladly take one of, if not the best goal scorer of all time. But um, oh, he's the best. Yeah, no, no I'd question. Say he probably is too. No they're question. they're. The NHL That's has not even a debate. Yeah, like all respect to Wayne Gretzky, but like folks couldn't play defense when he was playing. So like the NHL the NHL is just a very different game now. Yeah, this is an interesting conversation to have, maybe not right now, but at some point. De- definitely but, another podcast. Yeah. yeah I, I, I would love to, to know what you guys think Wayne Gretzky would be in today's NHL. I think he'd still be damn good. Yeah. yeah it's just you can't compare errors like that. Exactly. I hate when people you can't do that. Yeah. It's just, right. You have no idea. Just but, no idea. You know, just for the sake of debate, Ovi is absolutely the best goal scorer yeah. of all time. Yeah, uh, no question. All right. Next one is from Nick King saying, What would a Seth Jones trade look like? And I'm assuming from the Carolina Hurricanes standpoint. Um, one year left on his deal, right? Yeah. One year left on his deal. Um, once out of Columbus, like openly, so he's a UFA on expiry or is he RFA? UFA and mm. Columbus has no bargaining power because yeah. this is a player that will go to free agency if they don't trade him. Yeah, you know, I think he's a guy that's going to go to free agency anyway. So if I'm going to be totally honest, I don't think I'd really give up many assets for him unless yeah. you know, just basically what you'd give up for the average rental. Mind you, he'd be a season long rental and he'd be. Re- he, he would improve your group. I mean, yeah, I would listen. I would prefer him to a Yanni Hawk and Paw at this point. Really? That's, um, that's, it's a bold cake. Yeah, he's a lot more expensive than Yanni Hawk and Paw and provides about as much defense. But quite, quite a sizable amount more on the offensive side. And especially if you're not going to have Dougie, that's a guy that could kind of help run your power play units. I think his definitely gives you something in that regard, for sure. Here. It's crazy how mad I was when the Canes didn't draft Seth Jones or when Seth Jones was picked right before the Canes picked. 
and how like over the years I've just been like, man, you know, kind of glad that we didn't pick Jones. I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a short-sighted recency bias thing because Seth Jones has still had a really good career and been a really good. Sure. I, I just don't think he, I don't think he's as bad as the analytics community believes he is, but I don't believe he's as good as some other people believe, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, I think I'm actually I, right there with you. I think he's just kind of an average second. He's not a top-pairing defenseman, and that's been pretty clear with how Columbus has been kind of stagnant. But it would almost be worth it for the Hurricanes to explore that, just because you think about Slavin and Pesci and then, like, Shea and Seth Jones. That's a hell of a top four. Or how would he look beside sure. a Slavin or a Pesci? You know what I yeah, mean? yeah, you can think about it from that point, too, because you know sure. Pesci and uh, Shea works, and then maybe he gets the same kind of bump that last year Dougie Hamilton did and turns into just... that 15-goal, 50-point, two-way defenseman i mean that's sure it's just if you're the hurricanes what do you do after he leaves yeah exactly that's why i'm not making a trade for him because i think he's a guy that's going to test free agency regardless of where he goes and he's probably going to make more money than he should in free yeah yeah, and exactly you're not you're probably not going to resign him especially with uh, the deals they're going to have coming up um next summer they're going to have they're going to have some big contract decisions to make right so i just I, i don't think it makes sense for the hurricanes to be doing that yeah, you poke around it a little bit, and if you find out that he's maybe more of a, you know, he's tired of losing, you know, he's been in Columbus and he values, you know, winning over anything else, then maybe that changes things a little bit. But just from what I would kind of expect him to be looking for, I would say it doesn't make sense either. Man, again, real quick, I want to get sidetracked for just a second. Yarmo Kekalainen drafts really well. But he's not a good GM, is he? Oh, well, he, great on he, the amateur side of things. You're right. He's he's great on the amateur yeah. side, but his, his how much his, can you fault him for it though? Because who wants yeah. to go to Columbus? <laughs> like, well, the thing yeah. is though, his team. It seems like they never really have a vision. It's like it's towards his team. It's, it's that, like that they're style. a playoffs um, team, but they don't act like they are, or they they're like barely in the playoffs and they act like they're going like to the cup final. It's just like, I feel like they never really had a clear vision under Kekalainen and they absolutely cannot keep any stars there. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, next year or whenever Wierenski's contract nears its conclusion that we start hearing about how Wierenski wants out too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's Kekalainen's fault, right? He doesn't really dictate Sure, but I mean, when your team market. when your team bleeds, when your team loses every single star that it's had. I mean, granted, Rick Nash, you know, wasn't there when Kekalainen was there, but you know, you lose Nash, Panarin, Bobrovsky, Jones reportedly wants out, Duchesne, like all these guys have left your team. Just, yeah, yeah. There, there's been a lot of like a few things that's come out about you know Kekalainen being a pretty tough negotiator as well. Kind of rubbing players the wrong way. <laughs> Dubois. I forgot yeah. to even mention Dubois, which yeah, happened see, this past season. So, uh, I don't know. Is he a good GM? I mean, I, I think he's probably a better... Um, he'd probably be better as your head of amateur scouting, if I'm going to be totally honest, because he's got a good eye for young talent. But as far as his pro moves go, uh, definitely left a lot to be desired. And you do also have to wonder how many of these stars left because of torts. Like, that. that is valid to ask. Yeah. But, but anyways... Let's move on. 
Um, this one is from Sean Carroll. Matthew Kachuk for a 2023 first, a 2022 second. Zion Nybeck and Warren Fogel. I'm going to say Calgary absolutely says no to that. Yeah, it's just not quite enough. One NHL asset, um, a prospect with the odds severely stacked against him and two pretty low picks. One pick being outside of the top 25 likely, especially in 2023. And then in 2022, that's a pick, you know, pretty far outside of the top 60. I think, I think um, Calgary says no. Yeah. Well, I mean, from a deal like that, you're talking what five years down the road before they really receive any kind of value from that trade, uh, especially drafting at those spots. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one they balk at. You're looking at like, you know, getting, you know, paltry results from Fogel. Um, If Zion makes it, you're not looking at him being ready for at least the next four years. I mean, you're looking at maybe not even seeing like the full returns on this trade for another seven years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At least five years down the road, right? You have no idea what you got. It just it doesn't really make sense for them. Yeah. So this one is from Matt Mooney. Uh, Nino being in a first for Kachuk, this kind of falls under the uh, um, the Nino kind of Jarvis in a first yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So. The next one is um, this year's second rounder and next year's um, third for Seattle to select Jake Gardner. I don't think that's too far off from what Vegas or not Vegas Seattle would ask for. Here's the thing. All right. Um, if Jake Gardner's healthy and you're going to lose Dougie Hamilton, I, I think I try, I would try and mend the relationship with Jake Gardner um, because you have no clear option right now um, to who's going to run your top power play unit. Um, you have no real offensive backbone from your back end without him. Yes, we saw Brett Pesci yeah. take some strides back there this year. Um, but he's not a guy you're relying on offensively. Um, and and listen, I don't think Shea can be that guy either. Um, I, I'm, I'm right with you there. So be. listen, if, if Jake Gardner is healthy, um, I, I think you definitely want to try and mend your relationship there and, you know, listen, I, I've been a big fan of the Gardner and Pesci pairing over the past two years that we've seen it. Uh, I feel like Gardner's had his best results beside Pesci. And, you know, everyone plays good beside Pesci, but they, they complement each other really well. Um, and listen, Jake Gardner is still very good on the power play. He moves the puck. He's still very good at transitioning from defense to offense. Um, he, he can still help a group. Mind you, I don't think you want him playing 20 minutes a game at this point, but if you're not going to have Dougie Hamilton, you need some kind of options um, to replicate at least some kind of production offensively. And I think a healthy Jake Gardner um, can definitely contribute some of that. He's definitely not going to replace Dougie Hamilton. He's not going to replace that production, but he's a guy that can definitely, um, that that can definitely keep your group uh, competitive in that regard without Dougie Hamilton on the team. Mind you, you're going to need other guys to step up, but he's still an asset if healthy, of course. Um, so I, I'm definitely not going to be giving up assets to get rid of Jake Gardner um, if he can still play. This next one's from McWinnon. It's uh, line A for Patrick Pistola. <laughs> yes, for Foss. One for one? <laughs> yeah. Line A for Pistola, Foss, both this and next year's first round picks. No. A... What? <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. What? And there was a conditional third that can become a second if the Canes reach the conference final. As just 
no. I don't Line think you can even put conditions on picks like that anymore. I'm well, pretty sure that was banned in the CBA, wasn't it? Really? Or was it just it was I didn't hear about that. It might it might, it might have been um based like based on if a player resigns with you where uh a pick upgrades. I know it has something something to do with I that. That think it's some that. kind of conditions. Yeah. yeah? So either way, either way, that's just looter. Ane's not that's a good. Rod Brendamore player. He wouldn't fit particularly well. What's here. he gonna want? He, he's a restricted free agent. Like, what kind of money is he gonna want? Yeah, I just don't there's not, and I, I don't think Line has that value. Just no, in general, no way, I don't think man. any team values him that high. Like, if you're looking to acquire somebody that can be that can score that many goals, you might have to give up. You know, roughly around that type of trade but if but patrick line i don't think carries a, as much value as we're thinking now because he he's very clearly not the best defensively he just doesn't fit Brendamore's system let, let me ask you this it's not even would a trade you, that i can see the canes yeah, making. would you give up that kind of a package for a guy like maybe um a vladimir tarasenko type like three or four years ago isn't tarasenko like early 30s now I think he's like 29. You got the injury concerns there too, right? But I mean, it, it just, for me, it just feels like Tarasenko has been in the league for forever. Um, I'm pretty sure he was drafted the same year as. Um, oh, he is 29. Yeah. He's got two years left on his contract at 7.5. For yeah, two years. Yeah, no, I wouldn't give up those assets just for two years of him. Granted, I mean, he's a good player, but yeah, I just. Um, the next one. And then we'll wrap things up. Is our only Jack Eichel trade? I'm shocked. That's not, that's pretty surprising. I'm actually shocked. Like I just thought somebody would do it. And shout out to Zersion for doing this. To the Sabers, obviously Jack Eichel's the only player we're getting in this trade. Yeah. <laughs> to the Sabers, Vincent Trocheck, Warren Fogel, Ryan Suzuki, our man Patrick Puisola. <laughs> A 2021 first and second round pick and a conditional second that could upgrade to a first in 2022. God, that's a lot. Um, hmm. It's so probably pretty Eichel. close. It's probably pretty close. Seems like, I don't know. That's yeah, not I, terrible. I, I, and again, I, I this, is getting, this is getting a bunch of quarters for Jack Eichel. Like, yeah. like for the dollar that is Jack Eichel. It's yeah, very- you're not really getting any one big piece out of that. And that's that's the biggest concern. And you, you can't really just keep throwing assets on to make it work. They're going to want a Natchez, probably. Yeah. Or if a... You if you swapped out Trocheck and put Natchez in there and maybe took out... A pick or two. Like Puistola or one of those, like picks i i think that that might actually get it done yeah i think some framework around natchez um who else did he have in there he, he had more roster players too right he had fogel um, okay so fogel, that's fine you want to throw fogel suzuki in there and puistola okay so suzuki natchez fogel and then you want to throw in probably two first or a first and a second at least yeah um i, I think that's, that i think that the could, s- Starting point. I think that gets them on the phone. You might have to move a few pieces around. You don't know who their GM has scouted of the Hurricanes and really likes. Maybe he's a huge fan of Jack Drury and wants him instead of, well, maybe not Suzuki, but. <sighs> Again, yeah, it's really difficult. And it's like, uh, 
that I think at least, like you said, gets, gets them, them on, on the, the phone. phone. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it gets I, I them to pick up the phone and not immediately hang up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually not terrible value. Um, like Brandon said, I think you might have to add um, another like an- another piece that really makes them buy into the trade. Uh, I- I'm not sure there's anything there that's really going to entice them enough to to part with Jack Eichel. But I mean, you never know. Um, it really depends on the relationship between the player and the organization, and if they feel like they just have to move on. Um, so it really depends where where they're at. If they feel desperate to move them, I do think a deal like that can definitely get them talking. But um, I'm just not quite sure it's there on the value. Yeah, it's it's close. It's close. Yeah, it's definitely close. And that honestly might be the closest that the Canes get without them saying no. Yeah, because at some at some point you're giving up too much for one asset. And that's why, like, as much as the Jack Eichel trade thing has been hyped up, that's why I don't think it happens. Yeah. Um, of course, hockey media would look really bad if a Jack Eichel trade doesn't happen after hyping it up for m- months. But I don't know. But anyways, folks, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Obviously, a lot of trade talk, more of just kind of a palate cleanser from all the offseason, you know, predictions and where's Dougie Hamilton going to go. It's more just like, let's have some fun. Let's get you guys' input. And I definitely want to do stuff like this in the future because we always do want to hear from you all. But for now, it's been fun. My name's Matt. I am joined by Brandon and Alex every week. And folks, as always, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.